0: Welcome to this message from Eastwood Baptist Church. One church with two locations in Bowling Green and Alberton, Kentucky. To learn more, visit eastwoodbc.org. Now, may the Lord bless you in the hearing of His Holy Word. Amen. Grab your seat, grab your copy of God's Word, and go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hey, as you are turning there, let me draw your attention to the fact that January is the month of, um, of the sanctity of human life. All right, so all month we kind of focus in on that every year in the Christian calendar um, here in America. And one of the things that we are going to be doing and we are doing even starting today here at Eastwood Baptist Church is that we are challenging our people to come alongside the crisis pregnancy center. It's called the Center for Pregnancy here in Bowling Green. And so you're going to see a table that's set up out there in the foyer. Danny Ray is working that today for us. All right. Um, but next week we'll have a representative, uh, a representative from the Center for Pregnancy. And we here's what we're challenging every family. If you would pledge to give $25 to the Crisis Pregnancy Center, the Center for Pregnancy. Um, that would be awesome. What we're doing is when you do that pledge and put your name on the pledge, we're, we're putting it up on the preschool glass right there as representative of just like there's children on the other side. Our children that were protected and born, we're pledging $25 a family or how you want to do it to protect children that they might have the chance, the opportunity at life, And so we'll do that over the next couple of Sundays until uh, the 23rd of January, which is the Sanctity for Human Life Sunday. So we'll hear more about that toward the end of the service, but just wanted to preempt that and kind of get your mind flowing here, all right? So grab your copy of God's Word. As I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, three years ago, Netflix released to a lot of critical acclaim this animated movie, this French animated movie. Now, I've not seen the movie myself, but um, the storyline captivated me. The, the, the title of the movie is, I Lost My Body. Now, it's not a kid's movie. All right. It's rather like a fantasy genre that's aimed at adults. And as strange as it may sound, the storyline follows the journey of a severed hand looking for his body. And as this hand is working its way back to its body, you get all these flashbacks to the better life. When it was connected to that arm and to that body and had a fullness of life and was useful and all of those things. And so running around on fingers like Thing from the Adams family, this hand will let nothing stop it from returning to his body. And eventually he finds his body, a young man named Naufel. Now, that all kind kind of sounds strange, doesn't it? But did you know the Bible compares you and me to body parts that are supposed to be connected to a body? We are. We're body parts that are supposed to be connected to a body. Our text today clearly says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the 27th verse right here. Very succinctly says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So the Bible says that you're a hand or a foot or an eye or a mouth. But the question is, do you know where your body is? You see, God expects you and me to be connected to a local body of Christ. Now, for some of you in this room, maybe even most of you in this room, you are connected. You know right where your body is. But for others of you here this morning, you've come searching for your body. You are looking for a body. Maybe this is your first Sunday. And if this is your first Sunday, praise God, we're so glad that you're here. Or maybe this is your 50th Sunday and you're still trying to determine, is this my body or not? Whatever the case may be, you've not found your body yet. And how do I know that? Is because you have not connected in membership yet to a local. Body And my prayer today is that you will find your body here and connect. But why? Right? It's one thing to just say you need to do something. It's better for us to understand why. Why would I want to do that? Well, that is today's task as we look here at the scripture here. Today's task is to answer this question. Why should I become a member of a local church body? Now get that picture in your mind, right? we think, think of a body. And as we talk about members, picture members of your body. Well, oftentimes when we think about church membership, we think of the country club. And that is not what God is talking about when he's talking about membership. He's talking about bodyship, connected for usefulness in the body of Christ. Why should I become a member of a local church? body. You need to understand how beautiful this is that God has given us here. Think about it for just a moment. What God has given us here in this body. He compares it to a human body, which is itself glorious. If you were to look up facts right now, if you were to Google amazing facts about the human body, you would get list upon list upon list. For instance, here's a, here's a, here's a few. Did you know that if you were to take your arteries and veins out of your body, your capillaries, and you were to string them together in one strand, did you know that in your body you have between 60,000 and 100,000 miles, miles of arteries and veins and capillaries, enough to go around the world more than three times? Did you know that your body has over 600 muscles in it? And there's only one muscle in your body that never gets tired. You know what muscle that is? Anybody can guess? The heart. Yeah, that's right. The heart. The heart will beat. Your heart will beat over a billion times in the average lifetime and will pump. Listen to this. Almost 60 million gallons of blood over the course of your life. Your body is amazing. But in the same way that this human body is amazing, God has made this body to be amazing. Oftentimes, one of the reasons we get down on the church is because we have not grasped the glory of what God has given us in this right here, this gathered body of believers what we call a local church. You've got the universal church, the universal body, every Christian on planet Earth throughout history. Yeah, that's the body of Christ too. But the way it manifests itself is in local bodies, local churches just like this one. So why should I become a member of a local church body? I want to point you to three reasons this morning. And the first one is this is to covenant with other believers for the Christian life. This life, as I said earlier, when I did the welcome this morning, is that it's meant to be lived in Christian community. Like God's plan when you look at Scripture is that there are no lone lone rangers in Christianity. God desires us to be together. And I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Listen, God wants you to be with people and in community with people if you come and stare at your shoes, that's all right. <laughs> that's often Christy's got to nudge me. She's like, you hey, know, are you going to talk to anybody? You know, it's just that we all kind of get in our own shell sometimes. And that's okay. But come and be a part. Be here together. We don't always have to talk, but we can be together and worship and listen and all the things that we do. The Christian life is meant to be lived in community. For instance, th- think about this for a moment. Did you know that in the New Testament, there are over 50 one another Passages where God says, For you and to me to do and to be these things towards one another. Over 50. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Build up. Be devoted. Instruct one another. Serve one another. Forgive one another. Bear with one another these one another's that we are supposed to live out in the Christian body, they require deep relationships. Listen, those things I just talked about, right? Loving, praying, encouraging, building up, forgiving, bearing with. We don't do those things with strangers that well. I mean, you can only get surface level with strangers, but the fullness of what God wants for us in the church is found in deep relationships. It's deep relationships that, facilitate the fullness of what God desires for you and me to experience in the local church. And here's the deal. Deep relationships require expressed commitment. If I'm going to bear my heart with you, if I'm going to walk in life with you, then I want to know that you are with me, that you are committed to me and I'm committed to you, that I'm here for you and you can count on me. Me. We see this with marriage. Think about marriage for a moment. Marriage is the deepest commitment anybody on planet Earth can make. It is a lifetime connection with another human being, you and your spouse. It is a deep relationship. And that's why I think about when we come together for marriage. That's why we don't just live together. That's why we covenant we marry one another and we say, I will be yours before God and these witnesses until death do we part. And then I get to say at the end, I now pronounce you husband and wife. What God has joined together. Let no one separate. That is a deep commitment. And so it takes it takes a deep commitment. Now, church membership is not marriage. It's not on that level. But nevertheless, think about it in this regard. If we're going to have deep relationships here, then it takes an, an expression of commitment to one another. And that's what church membership is as you think about that. Covenanting to do life together. Now, I'm not just talking this morning to those who are not yet members of Eastwood Baptist Church. I'm also talking to those of you who are. Because think about this, if this is true, then this is what you've said you'll do. You have covenanted to be the one another's to each other. You have covenanted to be the thick and thin, to weep with those that weep and to rejoice with those that rejoice, to be together and walk through life together. And so if you are a member of Eastwood, how are you doing this? Are you really walking in life with other believers Or are you covenanting together for Sunday-only relationships? Oh, my goodness. Listen, I'm so thankful for every single person that comes on Sunday morning, but God has more for me and you in this life. Amen? Way more. He wants us a Sunday to Saturday kind of relationship where we know one another, we call one another, we eat with one another. We love and we pray for one another and all the things that we see here in Scripture. And so church membership helps to facilitate that. It makes a statement that says, I am with you and you're with me. Just like every time when someone comes forward to join our church, we ask them, look out at these people here. Do you promise to love them and to hold them accountable to follow Jesus? And they say, absolutely. And then what do we say back to them? Will you love them and hold them accountable to follow Jesus? That's the promise that we make to one another so that, so that we can walk together and facilitate life together. That's the first reason that, that, that I should become a member of a local church body. Here's the second reason this morning to think about. And it's this. To confirm that you are under the pastoral leadership. Why should I become a member of a local church body? To confirm that I am under or that you are under the pastoral leadership. Now, God has given us two offices in the church. One being deacon. And praise God for our deacons. We could not do ministry well without them. But also the other office that God has given is the office of pastor Now, the office of pastor, we fulfill that. uh, We don't just have one pastor at Eastwood. We have multiple pastors at Eastwood. But the office of pastor, also by the title elder, overseer, some translations would use the word bishop there to talk about this one office. But the one that we know most is the name shepherd of the title pastor, which means shepherd. And here's the thing. If you know anything about shepherds, they know their sheep and they Love their sheep. There are a lot of sheep in the world. But a shepherd knows his sheep. It's a defined group where he knows I must. I can protect those over there, but I must protect these. I must pray for these. I must feed these. I must lead these. These are the ones that the shepherd will lay down his life for when the wolf comes. Church membership says to your pastors, I am one of your sheep. We love there in Matthew 18. We love the story there of of, of the shepherd that left the 99 to go find the one lost sheep. We love that one, don't we? It's like, yeah, I mean, go, God, go get that one. You would leave the 99 to go get one. You are an amazing God. But here's the question. How did he know that one was gone? And the answer is, he knew who his sheep were. And when it was gone, he ran after it. Hebrews 13 Verse 17 really captures well the essence of what the pastor is to do. And here's what it says. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping, listen to this, they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For that would be of no advantage to you. If a pastor is going to do this well, then he has to know who his sheep are. And so think about church membership in this way. Church membership is giving permission to your pastors to do Hebrews 13 with you. To watch over your soul as one who will give an account. No, we don't always do that perfectly, amen? You, you've been with me eight years, you know that, right? I don't do it perfectly and Pastor Will doesn't do it perfectly and Pastor Dave doesn't do it perfectly. But That's our aim and it helps us to do our calling better when it's clear who is under our pastoral leadership When you give permission to your pastors to do Hebrews 13, 17, here's what you're basically saying. He's going, that man is going from being just a pastor to being my pastor. My pastor. And so you are to confirm that you are under pastoral leadership. And here's the final reason. Why should I... Why should I become a member of a local church body? And the third reason this morning I just want to draw your attention to is that you and I need to connect for greater community impact. We need to connect for greater community impact. We said already that you're a hand and I'm a foot and somebody's a mouth and somebody's an eye. And if you have all of those body parts together, they can do something, but they, can't they do so much more together? That's the very point here of, of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 here as we look down through it, or at least one of the points, is that we need each other. You and I need one another. When you're not here, we miss you. We are not the fullness of the body that we are, what we should be. When you aren't here, we are better Together, Let's look at this beginning in the 12th verse here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and just kind of read down through here. And the point that sticks out to me at this point anyway, from this perspective, is how much we need one another. For just as the body, it says here, verse 12, is one and has many members. I'm sorry about that microphone. <laughs> we tested it. We took it through the ranks. We did all sorts of, We things. We flopped it around. We checked all sorts of things. So sorry, it, it keeps kind of popping. We'll get that figured out, but sorry. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose, if we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What that's saying there is that we need variety here in the body. And listen, we pray long and hard here at Eastwood that God would send ministry partners who are different from us, who have gifts and talents that we don't have, who see things and are moved by things that maybe we're not moved by that you're sensitive to. And in doing so, guess what? That body becomes better. We need each other. But looking on down at verse 21. It says, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Let me say that again. You are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts... Do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that we may be, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And then we get back to the verse that we started off with. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We need one another to connect for greater community impact. You ever known anybody that has has had to amputate one of their body limbs? I've got a friend, his name's Jeff. He's a pastor over in further in western Kentucky. And Jeff had to have his leg removed right beneath the knee. And listen... He is a surly, tough man's man. Like, he's the type of guy that if he had no legs, he would still be going. You know what I'm saying? And so he does everything in his power for that one leg that is gone to not hinder him. But guess what? It hinders him. It hurts him. He misses it. He has a prosthetic leg, of course, on that leg. But there are days that he just cannot do the fullness of what he would like To do. You see, if you are missing a body part that hinders you, I don't want to say to you this morning, do you want this body to be hindered? And the answer is no. We don't, man. We want Eastwood Baptist Church to be the fullness of what God has called it to be. And so I want to call you this morning to connect. And if you're already connected in membership, then live in the fullness of that connection to make a difference. I want to share with you here, we could talk about all different ways that you can impact this church and this community. I want to point you to three really practical ways this morning as we kind of begin to wrap up. Ways that you can connect and, and in that connection, make an impact. The first area that we need you to step up and make an impact is in the children's ministry here. Listen, we have been, we believe, particularly shaped by God to minister to all peoples, but especially to families with children. Like that is our passion. That is our heart cry. That means we don't, that, that doesn't mean that we, don't love, that we don't love everybody. We do. We love everybody. But we believe that our passion in particular and our drive in particular is for families with children. And so we as a church have come together and said this is part of our unique mission right here in this community. And we need people to see that vision and to jump on board. I know that through the pandemic and all those things, kind of, things kind of shut down and things kind of shifted. Like one of the areas I want you to think about here, when you think about children's ministry, think about Sunday morning preschool. Think about Wednesday night preschool. And think about special event childcare. Those are three areas where we particularly need people to step up because here's what's happened. Something has shifted. You ever drive down the road and how many places do you see help wanted, apply inside for a job? We'll give you $100 if you'll just fill out an application, right? You see things like that everywhere. People are hurting for people to step in and and, and to fill a position. Well, at Eastwood, we actually hire people part-time to be special event child care and preschool child care on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. We don't do it for Sunday morning, but we do it for Wednesday night, Sunday night and special events, And at this point, guess how many people we have? Zero. Absolutely zero. We've interviewed, we've put it out there, we've done all of these things, and at this point we have zero. So guess what that means? Time to rally the body. You know what I'm talking about? It's time to go a different direction. The paid childcare thing's not working. That means that the saints of God got to step up and be the church of God. Amen? Listen, this is an area like it is crucial. When you think about the next generation. You are impacting the next generation of church leaders. You know what the biggest evangelizing group in this church is? Our kindergarten and first grade teachers here. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? That's what you get to be a part of when you join with our children's ministry here. Leading children to Christ. And so like I said, Wednesday nights... Special event ministries, preschool in general, all of those areas are, are, are areas that we particularly need folks to step up. Here's the second area again, just really practical this morning. We need folks to step into our guest services ministries. And you say, Well, what are those? You ever see those people when you come in who are holding the door for you and saying, Hey, good morning? And the people who are at our welcome desk saying, hey, here's a gift bag for you. Or people who are standing here at the tables and they're passing out bulletins. Or maybe you didn't even know this. We actually have people who have have dedicated themselves to work here in the worship center to walk around and make sure that people feel welcome. These are the strategies that we've come up with. And at this point, we need to fill out these positions. I said last week it's time to take the brake off, right? Take take our foot off the brake. Let's accelerate, right? Let's move forward. Well, it was easier back when we only had one service. It took less people. But God has grown us, and God has given us the opportunity now to be into two services. And so that means we need twice as many people. I wonder, would there be people here this morning who could smile and say good morning or hand a bulletin to someone or to hand them a gift bag when they stop at the welcome desk. These are easy things to do, but we need people to step up and say, I want to make an impact. I have connected for greater community impact. And here's the final, just really practical thing. I talked about this back earlier in the fall. And with the timing of everything, the perfect time turned out to be coming here into 2022 to bring this to fruition. And here's what I'm talking about. I I talked with you a few months back about beginning to develop a FISH team. A FISH team. And what does that stand for? That stands for Fellowship in Sharing Hope. I'm talking about an evangelism team. I want men and women who are willing to come alongside me and to help plan events and to equip Christians and to go out ourselves and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. That is one way outside of our walls that I will bring to pass here in 2022. So I'm looking for some people who are ready to be a part of that. Would that be you? Would that be you? Listen, I'm so thankful for every single person here. And for those of you who have already decided to join this local church body, praise God for you. I pray that you would live out the fullness of everything that we've talked about here, fullness of the covenant to walk in life with one another, fullness here of, of the confirmation that you are under the pastoral leadership, supporting your pastors and loving your pastors, following your pastors, and then connecting for greater community impact. I've got a leg and you've got a leg. Let's run together. That's what God wants us to do. And if you're new in the last six months or so, we just want to go ahead and tell you that we have coming January 30th, Sunday, January 30th, we have a lunch that we do every few months. We call it our Next Steps Lunch, where you can learn all about Eastwood and you can ask any question about Eastwood that you want. All right, we spend about an hour together and eat lunch Talking about the church and talking about you and talking about the Lord and how you fit in here. And then we do it again for round two or part two in February. So we've got two dates coming up. But the first one is is January 30th. It's called our Next Steps Lunch. We have a sign-up sheet right out there at our our welcome desk. Also out on that welcome desk is a sign-up sheet. I'm interested in serving at South Campus. Child, uh, and children's ministry cafe ministry, security ministry guest services ministry, stop by out there I would love, if you put your name down on that sheet today, that's not saying I, I am going to serve it's I am interested in serving and I want to hear more and one of our ministry leaders will follow up with you if you're looking for a body here's my final prayer as the praise team comes May you find your body right here at Eastwood. Hi there, this is Pastor Ben. I have something really important to ask you, but first I want to say thank you for taking the time to make this digital connection with us through our podcast. I hope the message you just listened to was a blessing, but an even greater blessing than this digital connection would be for you to connect with us in person this coming Sunday at one of Eastwood's two campuses where we get the joy of living life together in Jesus' name. And now for that really important question, which is the most important question you'll ever answer. Where do you stand before God? Now, based on what you've done, the straightforward answer is that you stand guilty and condemned before God. You are a sinner who completely deserves God's wrath forevermore in hell. And I deserve the same thing also. I mean, every person does. Guys, that's terrible news. And even worse is the fact that there's nothing you can do in and of yourself to change that. You need a Savior. But I have good news. God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus to be your Savior. Jesus came and lived the perfect life that you cannot live. And he stood condemned on the cross, dying the death you deserve. And three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead to prove to everybody that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And now Jesus longs to change your standing before God by making a trade with you. He desires to take what you've earned, which is the wrath of God in hell, and to give you in return what he has earned which is the blessing of God in heaven. When this trade happens, instead of standing guilty and condemned before God, you will stand forgiven and righteous with the promise of everlasting life. So what must you do to have your standing before God changed? First, admit to God you are a sinner. Second, hate your sins. Turn from them and ask God to forgive you. And finally, turn to Jesus in faith and love, putting your complete hope in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and follow him until the day you die. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, Jesus is ready to make this trade with you. And I pray that you would trust in Jesus and be saved. Thank you again for connecting with us, and I hope to see you soon at Eastwood Baptist Church.